0: Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. And today, I'm joined by Professor Stephen Van Bellingham. Stephen is an international speaker and one of the world's leading experts in customer experience. Stephen helps the likes of Disney, Booking.com and Microsoft to develop their CX strategies by incorporating the latest technologies. He also is a highly sought after public speaker and recently shared a stage with Barack Obama. Stephen, thank you so much for coming on. Hey
1: Matt, it's a, it's a true pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, pleasure to have you on today. Um, For those who aren't already familiar with yourself and your work, uh, could you let our audience know a little bit more about who you are and what you do?
1: Of course, with pleasure. So I'm Stephen and uh, my entire career I've been focusing on consumer behavior and and basically trying to understand what, what drives people and what makes people happy. Uh, Often linked to technology, like how did the internet change customers' expectations? How did social media do that now with AI? um, And I create and I share content about that topic. So I've written six management books about customer experience. I share a lot of content on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok. Um, I give a lot of talks, as you mentioned, around the world about customer experience. I'm also the co-founder of a company called Nextworks. Uh, and with Nextworks, we organize inspiration trips, like learning expeditions to innovative hubs around the world. We take people to Silicon Valley, to London, to Dubai, to Singapore, to to let them really, in real life, experience what what innovation is is all about. Uh, with the main goal to inspire them, so they can get ready for the day after tomorrow in their own companies. That's that's who I am. That's what I do.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for that. And uh, obviously getting you on today to really learn a little bit more about the CX landscape from your perspective. Um, how are you seeing the space right now and what key trends have really been shaping it uh, over the last 12 months?
1: Well, I, I think on the one hand, if you look at it from a customer point of view, the the bar is increasing. I mean, we we had the introduction of Gen AI that again changed the digital landscape. But if, if you look at it from a broader perspective, I mean, in the last five, six years, we've been like part of this digital time journey. We, we got catapulted into the future. And because of that, the bar in terms of digital is really high. Um, a good working interface has become a commodity. If it works fine, people think it's normal. If it doesn't, they don't understand. Um, but also from a human perspective, I think that the bar towards human service is, is higher. People are really expecting friendly staff, fast um, in their replies, being super friendly. So the bar is really high. And the difficulty is that from a company point of view, it, it, it hasn't been easy in the last few years like most companies that i meet are struggling to find good people um so that they can really help customers um having a great experience so so there's this gap right now where most of the companies that i meet have a good intention and a real desire to be customer centric but it's only like a handful of companies that really deliver that outstanding service most companies get stuck in being average, and they don't succeed in using customer centricity as a differentiator Towards their customers,
0: that makes sense. And obviously, as I kind of mentioned in the intro, um, you know, you've helped the likes of Disney and Microsoft really develop their CX strategy through the power of technology. Um, what What are those huge enterprises really looking at and prioritizing when it comes to enhancing that customer experience?
1: Well, I think the secret to success, Matt, is that you don't start with the technology and that you don't ask yourself the question, "What kind of technology do we need to invest in? What kind of software do we need?" But that you start with the customer and that. You you really try to define what kind of benefits you can create Uh, i was just before our talk i was talking to a b2b company in in the food industry Um, they're they're having difficulties to make sure that their clients use their digital platforms for instance Uh, they want self-service to be installed and e-commerce to be installed but customers still prefer the the human salesperson. So they're struggling with that. Uh, My analysis at that point is always the same. If if customers don't use your digital tools, it means that they are not good enough or it means that the awareness is too low. But very often the tools are just not good enough because very often companies create like a digital self-service platform with one goal in mind that is saving money and making it more efficient for them. And they get super excited about the idea that they would save so much money that they forget that you actually start, you should start with the customer and ask yourself, what are they looking for? How can we help them save time? How can we help them save money? And if you create tools and services that make your customers save time and money, then they will use it. And the end goal or the effect of that is that you will save money as well as a company. But most companies start from this internal point of view, whereas the First question should always be, what kind of value can we deliver for a customer? And then you reverse engineer your way back.
0: Are there any specific, you know, common challenges or or common pitfalls that you kind of see a lot of the same companies, uh, you know, making and kind of falling into?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think the biggest roadblock that I see in becoming truly customer centric is the fact that the employees, the team does not believe the leaders that they are serious about it. Uh, I've met so many leaders. They have these brilliant PowerPoint presentations about how customer-obsessed they want to be, and they present that at their annual event towards their team, and they get super excited. And then a week after that, you know, you have this discussion with a client, sometimes about money, sometimes about, you know, who's right or wrong. And at that moment, many leaders just choose for their own benefit, and they choose for the short-term gain, and they don't want to, you know, agree with the customer, they don't want to compensate, for instance, because they feel it's unfair. At that moment, that micro communication, that micro moment, that micro decision is much stronger in terms of communication towards the team than that PowerPoint. It's something that leaders underestimate. They think I gave that big presentation. But what employees really do is they look at the micro decisions, the micro behavior, micro communication of leaders to see if they are really serious in being customer-centric and that's where a lot of leaders fail and they drop the ball and because of that there's no belief of the team and because of that the team is not executing the strategy that was presented to them
0: yeah that 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 makes a lot of sense would you say there were any misconceptions in the space in terms of you know how to be customer-centric that that are perhaps triple tripping people over
1: yeah, well, one of the misconceptions is that you have to choose between being efficient, so operational excellence, or customer intimacy. A lot of companies think you need to choose one of the two, and if you're really customer-centric, you cannot be efficient anymore. I, I totally disagree with that. I believe that they go hand-in-hand. Hand. Like this week, I talked with a, with a company who's in B2B services, and they um, had one million incoming calls a year of people that had questions, that had complaints, 1 million. So you can imagine the cost that was linked to that. So a new management came and they said, well, we're going to do something very simple, guys. We're going to look at those questions that come in. And of course, what they saw is that like 80% of the questions are the same over and over again. And they were replying and answering in a friendly way, but they were not really solving the problem structurally. So these guys finally solved the issues. So what happened is that the number of calls went down with 25%. And at the same time, the customer happiness went up because people don't want to call. They just want a convenient service, right? Calling to a service team is, is a waste of your time as a customer. So they lowered their cost and they made customers happier. And this is something that I strongly believe in. I think if you increase your quality, if you increase the quality of your communication, if you become more proactive in your communication, then customers will not complain that much, then customers will not try to steal your time as much and you will have a more efficient company and at the same time your customers will be happier so for me operational excellence and customer intimacy very often they go hand in hand
0: because i guess in that in that scenario right <clears throat> some companies would just grow the customer service team and, and kind of you know try and paper over the cracks instead of actually solving the, the problem at its core
1: Exactly. Exactly. They, they and they think we need more staff to solve it. We need more staff, but what you really need to do is just remove the structural issues.
0: Yeah. No. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, actually, really, really refreshing to hear. Um, yeah. So, so my final question for you today, uh, Stephen. Obviously, you know we are recording this uh, in in the first week of twenty twenty four. Do you have any final words of wisdom for? companies struggling with their cx strategies right now obviously going into the new year and what can they implement over the next 12 to 18 months to really you know hit the ground running uh, in q1 and beyond
1: well I, I would i would recommend them to focus on the what i call good customers the positive customers you know the, if, if you make an analysis of a customer base usually like 95 to 99 percent of your customers are decent people that you can communicate with, that you can do business with in a normal way. That doesn't mean they cannot be critical, but they're decent people. Between one and five percent of your customers are pain in the ass people, like the kind of people that want to take advantage of you, that have bad intentions towards your organization. You have those. And the problem is that we, we, we spend a lot of Time and wait to those really pain in the ass people because you know they get on our nerves. They they make us angry. They make us upset. So we talk about them with our friends and family. We show their emails to our colleagues, and we spend so much time on them that after a while, you start to think that those five percent pain in the ass people equal the average customer, and that is a dangerous moment because then you start to protect yourself against the five percent, and you protect yourself by making new processes, new procedures, new rules differences in customer interactions to protect yourself against them. But what you're really doing is punishing the 95%. You're making the life of the 95% of your customers harder and more difficult and you're lowering service standards. So my invitation to the listeners for 2024 would be accept the fact that there's a minor group of your customers who wants to take advantage of you that has bad intentions. Just let them do it. But focus on the 95%. Make rules, make services, make experiences based on the 95%. And once you can make that mental click, your service levels will increase dramatically.
0: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Stephen, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the EM360 podcast today. Where can people go to learn more about you?
1: Uh, they can go to my website stephenvanbellegem.com they can go to my youtube channel which is youtube.com slash my name i'm on instagram i'm on linkedin i share content there every day about customer experience cases videos examples new ideas and i'd be happy to welcome the listeners to to join me there
0: and you have a new uh, book as well right
1: that's right. That's right. Thank you for mentioning that. The book is called A Diamond in the Rough. It's my sixth management book. It's the most practical book I have ever written. It has more than 100 concrete tips to become more customer-centric as from tomorrow without it costing you more money or time. It's just a different philosophy. And I wanted to to write something really, really practical because I felt that that is where the, the need is in the market. As I mentioned in the beginning, most companies, they have the desire to be customer-centric. They want to be, but they are like diamonds in the rough. It it doesn't really happen. And with my book, I want to help companies to transform themselves from diamonds in the rough to beautiful,
0: shiny diamonds. Perfect. Well said. And of course, we'll be linking all of those things that Steven just mentioned in the description below. Thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to this podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360 Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to em360tech.com.